dream. Donald J. Trump is calling for a total and complete shutdown of Muslims entering the United States. Now I'm in the chair and I can only assume that this is as strange for you as it is for me. If I have another life, I would never do things like this. The big news in summer entertaining is to do it all at the beach. Yes, we can. I am happy that you have had the courage to put it directly. <laughs> Hi, I'm Anjali Masulu. And I'm Bethan Gaulvin. Welcome to episode 5 of the Presentation Fix podcast. Now on this show, Bethan and I team up to empower you with the knowledge and skills to make an impact every time you speak or present in public. Now on this episode, we're dealing with one of the most requested issues you get as a business presentation coach, right Beth? Absolutely, and Andile, today we are going to explore the dreaded topic of PowerPoint. That's right. Today we're talking how to effectively get one's point across using PowerPoint. Get to the point. I will if you ask me. Get to the point. When is the last time you were murdered by a PowerPoint presentation? I'm exposed to so many organizations in my day-to-day work as a presentation coach and a business presentation skills trainer. And it's quite amazing how 30 years into my career, the whole issue of death by PowerPoint just does not go away. And on a daily basis, I'm still exposed to working with individuals from industries across the board, from advertising agencies right through to bankers and engineers, where they just put up onto a screen a photocopy of a textbook and they consider that to be a visual. Uh, a short while ago, I was at a an entrepreneurship expo and a very reputable law firm came and was speaking on very important issues that uh, small business owners ought to know about, uh, trademarking, patents and stuff like that. My goodness, though, halfway through, I was bleeding through my ears and eyes because the 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 PowerPoint presentation they used and it was just terrible. There's so much information on the screen. Of course, it was all branded, you know, with the law firm's logo and all that kind of thing, which I think some people just think that's all it is. Just get a branded template, throw a ton of text on the screen and go. But no, we're here to fix that today, right? Absolutely. And actually, I'm quite a proponent of the use of PowerPoint, which goes against the grain of many, you know, and a lot of of specialists in this industry would say that PowerPoint's an absolute no-no. I believe that there's a very good place as long as it's used effectively. My millennial instincts are such that I go, oh, please get rid of it immediately. That said, I very rarely do presentations without it. This will be a learning curve for me, given uh, your knowledge and your experience. I feel that I do it a lot better than most, but I, I lean towards, you know, certainly fewer slides than I might have used in the past. But let's get into what it is people can do better and what things people ought to avoid altogether when it comes to PowerPoint and using it correctly? Yeah, well, there are a number of elements that can ensure that the PowerPoint presentation works both for the presenter and for the audience. Because if you're thinking about your preparation from that point of view, you're going to hopefully achieve your desired presentation outcome more effectively. So if we just have a look at it from the presenter's point of view, the goal of the presentation visual support design should be that it's simple enough and clean enough to 
act as a prompt for the presenter. So should the presenter lose their train of thought, they can just glance quickly up at the visual. It prompts them to where they are and they can pick up their train of thought from that point. From the audience's point of view, what the presenter wants to achieve in the design of their visual support material is that the visual design adds clarity to the message that they're sharing with the audience. And I always feel that the visual should speak for itself without any speaker vocal support at all. Can the audience look at that visual and get a clear understanding of what the message is that the presenter is trying to convey? So, What am I saying here? That from an audience point of view, the visual should add clarity and it should also add interest. You know, if the audience is just exposed to reams and reams of text, text and words, the eyes are going to glaze over. However, if you see pictures and diagrams and symbols coming up, suddenly it energizes the audience. To your earlier point, there's a tendency in presenters to use PowerPoint slides as their speaker's notes instead of, uh, like you say, a visual prompt for themselves. And certainly once your slides are in fact your speaker's notes, you totally throw out the window the listening experience of your audience. Yes, and also the presenter's credibility gets thrown out the window because what it's saying to the audience is, I haven't rehearsed, I don't know this topic, I'm not in tune with this area of expertise. So what you absolutely don't want to have is sentences and sentences on the visual. So what you want is a few key words per key concept that you're making that will prompt the presenter and also reinforce the message to the audience. Also, if everything you have to say is already on the screen, why should I listen to you? Exactly, because we're here to hear the speaker at the end of the day. What I do recommend to presenters who sometimes try to get too clever, because now they go the opposite end of the scale. They go, I'm going to put as little as possible on on the visual. In fact, I'm going to incorporate only pictures and no words, because that would make it much more interesting for the audience, which it could. But what it could also do is set the presenter mentally up for failure, because there might be the seed sown in the presenter's head about, what if I forget this word, or, you know, I'm going to forget this concept that I want to get across. So I would always say have sufficient keywords that are there to make sure that you can stay mentally confident should you lose your train of thought. I like that tip because you, you're you not making the assumption everyone listening to this is a pro presenter, a pro uh, public speaker and is deeply familiar with the content they're presenting to the point that they could do it with their, you know, with their eyes closed. Uh, and so for most people, um, those cues are very important. Yes, to have sufficient cues in place that it keeps you on track and you're able to tell a really interesting and relevant story to your audience. Now, there's so many things you can do on, on PowerPoint. Uh, <laughs> It's it's the kind of program where once you get the hang of it and, and you know, you're tempted to get things flying in and flying out and dissolving in and dissolving out and, and using all sorts of graphs and, and, and charts and that kind of thing. How much is too much and what should people think about if they're inclined to use all that PowerPoint has to offer in that regard? 
Well, firstly, when you talk about flying in and flying out, I would recommend that you avoid animation at all costs unless it's really strategically thought through. So there is some benefit to unfolding information, maybe two or three bullets at a time. Why? Because it helps the presenter to keep the audience on track at the pace that the presenters unfolding their message. So I would recommend that the only animation technique to use in that case is what's called a peer um, versus dissolve or fly in or fly out or swivel or whatever it might be. So that's from an animation point of view. And, you know, earlier on, you alluded to the fact of including video clips and there was something else that you said as well. And there is a place for that as well. So you can intersperse, you know, some video clips into your bullet pointed presentation in order to bring more interest or clarity to the presentation. I've read somewhere that for every half an hour you have to speak, you should have no more than 10 slides. Is that right? Is there, is there some sort of limit to how many slides you should have or will this vary for, for different people? I've heard that concept being bandied around and I'm not really sure where it originated from. But personally, I don't agree because I believe that the presenter should have sufficient PowerPoint visuals to act as a prompt and to support their message, as well as to give the clarity to the audience that they need. So in a half an hour presentation, it wouldn't be unusual to have 30 visuals. It doesn't make the presentation any longer. It hopefully just adds clarity to the message. You mentioned earlier the aspect of graphs and charts, which is something that we see very often in business presentations, and rightly so, because, you know, they may be required to get a specific point across. And my advice with using graphs and charts is number one is to make them as simple as possible. I always guide my clients that once they've created their graph to go through four elements or rather four steps of simplifying. Simplify, 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 and then simplify again. And then you're probably as close as possible to giving a really clear impactful visual that the audience is going to grasp and understand. Talk us through what people need to know about rehearsing uh, a presentation, uh, you know, with the slides and all, and not just waiting until it's time to present. What research has found, and certainly I found myself by just speaking to the clients that I work with, is that more often than not, presenters do not rehearse their presentations. How amazing is that to even start to envisage? So when it gets to rehearsal, I believe that rehearsal is about not lying in bed, memorizing what visual comes up next, but really standing up plugging in your notebook to a data projector and presenting those visuals onto a screen and literally speaking out loud in full presentation mode as you would be in front of an audience. Because that's the only way that it can really sink home which visuals are working for you and which ones are working against you. Because there may be one or two that are designed in such a way that they actually create a stumbling block for the presenter. And then you have an opportunity to recreate it in a way that it will ensure more smooth flowing of your message thereafter. 
Also, it's it's easy to sort of get your mental focus lost uh, in in a presentation once you realize you're out of time and you have to skip through a ton of slides. Isn't rehearsal important for the sake of making sure that you are making the best use of the time available? Absolutely. And an audience will never thank or forgive one for running over time. So again, I would recommend that, say, for example, you were given a, a one-hour slot, that you would prepare sufficient material for 50 minutes because ultimately we tend to over-explain the odd visual or the odd point or two. So rather be slightly under time than to run over time. If you're like me, sometimes there's a burst of inspiration right in the middle of a presentation uh, or something just happened on the way to the presentation that adds a lot of value and you want to throw it in. You don't want your presentation to be super tight to the point where you can't add something uh, unique and special. Yes, and the visual should allow you to use a little bit of creative inspiration every now and again, that you're not caught or tied right into a corner. Tom Peters, the respected American leadership expert, said that the objective of a PowerPoint presentation should be to persuade, not to perplex. So ultimately, what we want to do is to add interest to the presentation, allow the presenter to unfold their message in a logical way, and most importantly, make that presentation experience that much more interesting and inspiring for the audience. I was a little nervous uh, about this episode because uh, PowerPoint being such a visual thing and we being an audio podcast, I wasn't sure we were going to be able to put across some of the more important things we ought to think about whenever we use uh, PowerPoint. But I think you've made it very clear and very simple to understand. Perhaps to round things off, let's narrow it down to a few simple things that all of us can start to do to improve the use of PowerPoint in our presentations. Good. So... The very first step would be to declutter. So the first thing that I would propose that you do is that you take an existing presentation, take two or three visuals, have a look at them and say, how many words could I eliminate from this particular slide, slide by slide. So declutter. The second element is to make sure that your font sizes are readable, not on your computer screen as you create the visuals, but once they projected that a person sitting at the back of the room can have a very clear view of the visuals. So, you know, be sensitive to the size of the fonts that you're using. I have found that marketing departments who are often the designers of the corporate templates honestly will set the standard at 16 to maybe 20 points for a for for the font style and that's a reading document that's not a presentation slide Think about color combinations. Color creates energy. It draws attention. So I would definitely give some thought to bringing a bit of color, obviously appropriate to your corporate branding. I've, I've actually sat in presentations where color made things hard to read. So I mean, blue, blue on red or red on blue sometimes is really difficult from a background and font perspective. So that's something people could test as well. Hey. Absolutely. And to test it, you know, always to test the visuals in high light conditions because you never know what the lighting is going to be like in the actual presentation venue on presentation day. So to, so to project those visuals, look at it from the back of the room, look at the font sizes, look at the color combinations and see how it's actually going to impact the audience. Another key tip that I'd like to share with you is to use aspects that PowerPoint offers 
powers and it, it, you know those are the strengths from of PowerPoint is where you can highlight a particular element in a graph for example with a circle or with an arrow that draws the audience's eye towards the key point that you're trying to make so please avoid using the laser pointer and rather use the techniques that PowerPoint offers in terms of circles arrows color combinations etc very empowering and I have a PowerPoint presentation coming up very soon and I'll definitely be applying some of the tips you've given. For those of you listening, uh, when was the last time you had a PowerPoint presentation that absolutely rocked? If it did, we want to hear about it. Uh, let us know. You know how to reach us on Twitter. I'm Masugu Andile. And I'm Beth Gilf. Let us know what you think of the show and uh, perhaps give us a sense of which topics and issues you'd specifically like us to discuss in future episodes. You can also get our attention on Twitter by using the hashtag presentation fixer or just email us at info at bethangalvin.com otherwise thank you for listening and until next time it's goodbye from me andile masugu and from me Beth Ann Galvin. take it easy have a good one <laughs>